Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Today's opening tip, Box Pistons spilled over into the crowd last night, but this fan was not about to spill his beer. He just sipped it while everyone got off his lap. Uh, you got to be impressed, right, Bert? Come on. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I, and look, this part of it. And he took a sip of it. And he, that's what I mean. You know the courtside beer costs? Um, that sip costs dollars. Look, well. he wanted every drip of it, too. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to refrain from making a Pistons joke there. Welcome to the job. I'm Rachel Nichols. Today I'm joined by our insider host of the Hoop Collective podcast, Mr. Ryan. Hey. And also joining us, 2008 NBA champion, Kendrick hey. Perkins. Always so nice to have you. Right back you. on. Back. Coming up, LeBron James posted an Instagram response Uh-oh. to Jazz announcers. We will get into that in a minute. But first, we are a quarter of the way into the NBA season, which means a lot of teams have a pretty good idea of who they are right now. The Bucks are the beasts of the East, right? The Heat are gritty. The Warriors are basically what would happen if a surgical hospital had a rec team. <laughs> and then there are the Lakers, the well-oiled machine sitting atop the West at 19-3. and Two nights ago, L.A. walked into Denver and made the Nuggets All-NBA Center look ordinary. Last night, L.A. competed the all-altitude back-to-back by drubbing Utah by 25 points in a game that, frankly, wasn't even that close. It was a resounding statement from a team determined to prove their early success wasn't just the result of their squishy schedule. But even more so, it was a great example of just why the Lakers are playing so well. They are getting the absolute best versions of nearly every player on the roster. Kyle Kuzma, who has had some meeting middling outings of late, looked back in tune at the end of the first quarter. Bucket. And then at the end of the second quarter. Bucket. And then now, in the third quarter, can we get a little love for Dwight Howard? Because, oh yes, from three, bucket! There you go. Talk about the best version of someone. Let's be honest, nothing about Dwight's last few seasons indicated he could be the X factor that he's become for L.A., yet he has been absolutely crucial to the Lakers' top Mm. five defense, and his attitude has just been tremendous. As for LeBron James, well, as much as he likes to play around with the hashtag washed king, the truth is that going into this season, he was still widely considered one of the top two or three basketball players on planet Earth and was expected to contend for MVP. But here is what we didn't know. We didn't know he'd be playing defense at a level we haven't consistently seen since his days in Miami. That LeBron has been able to pull that out of his bag as he's about to turn 35 has had reverberations throughout the roster, including several players whose own defensive games have been on the downswing in recent seasons, but have recommitted as they've seen LeBron do the same. And LeBron is also having fun. Last night we got this moment. Um, no, see, you're supposed to bounce basketball. <laughs> Kudos to the Jazz, who despite being, yes, obviously upset at the no-call, did not demand that the game be replayed from that moment forward. So, yay for them. And uh, to LeBron for making light of it after. I think I was ready to pass the ball, and my brain just kind of just, <laughs> I just had a malfunction. I really had a malfunction. So, you know, I feel bad for the refs on that one because, you know, they probably get a write-up on that one. That was, that was pretty bad. LeBron also trying to have fun in this moment later in the game. Watch him get excited here for some strong Lakers defense. And guys, remember last year when LeBron was criticized for sitting in some people's eyes too far away from his teammates and being disengaged on the bench? Well, last night he was doing the opposite and yet still somehow caught criticism. Listen to Utah's announcers here. Blocked by Kuzma, got it back. 
Big fella turns, and a crowd continues to fight. Blocked again. Look at LeBron, he's on the court. With no shoes, mind you. What is going on here? That's some disrespect right there. Please. Um, guys, LeBron had his shoes off because he had taken them off and signed them for two children who he gave them to. Which the announcers knew, by the way. They talked about it. And they apparently still thought that with his team up 20, with less than three minutes to go, LeBron should be, I don't know, ready to sprint back into the game? Come on. The Lakers didn't need LeBron at that point. And they also didn't need Anthony Davis, who sat the entire fourth quarter after racking up 26 points on 9 of 11 shooting with three block shots. AD is another Laker who has been the best version of himself so far this season. He's getting a ton of buzz for Defensive Player of the Year, an award he's never won. And when you watch him do stuff like this, you see why it is so deserved. We are a quarter of the way through the season, and the Lakers know who they are. They are the best version of this team. Or in other words, they are title contenders. Perk, what about this Lakers team? I know you like watching them. Do you think there's anything else that they have to add? Ooh, it's hard to say, Rachel. I was This was the test. I was wondering. I knew they had a, a pretty easy schedule to start off the season. And I, and I watched them, and I wanted to see how they was going to perform going into Denver. And I was like, wow, this team is really impressive. But it started in the preseason. When you watch these guys in the preseason, they were locked in. They were playing defensive. They were defensive-minded. You could tell they were on the mission. And like I always said, they have championship uh, experience over there, so yeah. much championship experience. And, and going back to LeBron and AD, the way that they're playing defense right now, they're feeding off each other. Um, and I think LeBron defense has picked up because Anthony Davis is leading the way defensively, and he's like, oh, I got to carry my load because AD is doing a, a great job. So um, right now, whew, I don't see any flaws right now with them because they're so deep. They're what they're, they're they're so experienced for us championships, championship experience and the way Rondo been playing and then you could go to Quinn Cook and then even like Jared Dudley he played in the fourth quarter but he was ready to play yeah like they remind me of the '08 Celtic team just how deep they are and. Just the the chemistry was on and the, the right Celtics. pieces. You remember? Oh, that was me. Him. That was a me. But also Rajon Rondo too. Yeah, Rajon. Yeah, on and he's playing great basketball right mm-hmm. now. I mean, just Danny Green. I, I just don't see any flaws. Kyle Kuzma, like I always say, is the X factor. When he's focused, he's locked in and not going outside his body. He's doing. Do you great. know what the Jazz's record is while playing the, a team on the second night? It's it's not according to stats and information in the last 25 years. It's probably about 500. And 10. Um, <laughs> Meaning that they when they get a team always, on the second night always, of a back-to-back, always, they, they tend to always win. They've been winning in that building since it opened on yeah. the second night of back-to-backs when they have the rest advantage. Also, Denver and Utah were both coming off losses, which meant that they were very focused on trying to beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Damn impressive. Not only that, the Lakers have a had three or four guys who were sick. Okay, but the question is, do they have any flaws? I think that if they're going to beat the Clippers in a seven-game series, they could use another wing defender because you can't really ask LeBron to play 40 minutes on Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. So I think if they look at this roster, and of course we know what we're talking about. We're talking about a guy like Andre Iguodala. Could they pull this off? Could he get bought out, which the Grizzlies say they won't do? Um, Could they get a guy like that? I I think their three-point shooting has been up and down, but they've got a lot of weapons. It's not fatal. I do think... That is one thing that they would look for. But all in all, damn impressive Lakers showing to start this season. It's interesting you bring up a wing defender. So going into this season, 
I knew they were going to be good with LeBron and AD, but I did have questions about the defense, especially on the perimeter. And I got some pushback of people being like, how could you even ask the question? This wasn't me saying they're going to be bad. This was right. me just asking the question, what are they going to do there? I have some concerns. And I want you to look at why. So take a look. This is the Lakers players last season. This is their personal defensive efficiency numbers, right? Anthony Davis, obviously, on a different team. But these are the main guys they're putting out on the floor, right? So those are the numbers. And when you look at those numbers, you have questions about what kind of defensive team this team is going to be. Now, look at this season. We're going to put them side by side here. Look at how much guys have improved. Look at Alex Caruso. Look at that. Oh, Right? Look at every guy, though. Look at LeBron's improvement in defensive efficiency. Look at Kyle Kuzma. AD, obviously, he's in a much better situation right. this year. You'd expect those numbers. But down the list, every, every guy. Bradley's all, he's on that list, but Avery Bradley's also been this, this, to me, speaks to... Those questions coming in were about what defense is about, Perk, right? What is your commitment? What is your effort? Some of it is can you physically defend? Are your arms long enough? Do you know where you're supposed to be? But so much of defense is want to. And we saw this team, these players, not put that effort in all the time last season. And there was a question if they got off to a rough start, if they just maybe aged out and they couldn't do it anymore. And guess what? They have bought in, and I really do think LeBron is a big reason for that. He has not committed to defense this way in years. You and know, him deciding to do that changed the equation. LeBron's been on example. maybe four or five teams that have 58 wins or more, a couple of 60-win teams. I don't know if I've ever seen him on a team that has looked this good in the first 20 games. Right. Because historically, he gets off to a, he sort of warms up. And that has not been what he's done this year. Well, what's a, well to follow up on your point, Rachel, mm-hmm. last year... They were playing for nothing, okay? Once Braun got hurt, yep. their chances on making the playoffs. So, really, nobody was focused. When you coming in and championship, winning the ring is on your mind, of course, guys is going to lock in. Yeah. You know, guys are going to lock in. Guys are going to be focused. And it's, it's you're playing for something different. Last year was just like, oh, okay, let's just get but through the season. But they weren't playing for nothing, Perk, until the end. LeBron came back from the injury. He missed about a quarter of the season. Yep. It was a huge blow for them because they had been in fourth when he went out, and they obviously were much right. further. But they were playing for a playoff berth. They were fighting for that. Remember LeBron said, I'm going to lock in now, and I'm going to be – I'm going into playoff mode early. And if they had gotten into the playoffs, which he fully expected, and the Lakers told us at that point in the season when he came back they were going to do – he expected to get into the tournament and go be LeBron, what? and that didn't happen. And what? the fact that it's happening now to me says something good about them. That's something we should celebrate. Yeah, but but also, Rach, you got to understand, too, the second part of the season when LeBron came back, they had a tough schedule. And yeah. I think they had to win, like, 19 out of the 24 games, which was which was crazy, and they had a hard schedule. So, yeah, they're going to say the right things. Right. <laughs> they're going to tell the world the right things, but in their mind, do they, on, or in their heart, do they really feel that way? No, they. I don't think they did. I don't think Braun was all the way committed. And we also got to give a lot of credit to Frank Vogel yep. and his coaching staff because – you know, Frank Vogel, although he didn't have a good, uh, a good stance when he was in Orlando, but he had those paces rocking defensively. So for him to have A.D. and LeBron buying into his system and what he's doing is also amazing, too. And you got to give kudos to his, him and his coaching staff. Absolutely, 100%. All right, as I showed you at the top, LeBron criticized by Jazz announcers last night for his celebrations, not wearing shoes on the sideline oh, as the Lakers Lord. were rounding Utah in the fourth quarter. LeBron, as we showed, had given his shoes to a couple of young fans. Here is his response via Instagram today. Imagine doing your job at the highest level. 
level to where you're not needed anymore, giving your shoes to a little girl and boy who you inspire and hope you made proud that night, and then cheering on your teammates because you love seeing them succeed more than yourself, only to be criticized while doing it. I handle it by simply saying thank you with a smile on my face and continue to push forward. What do you make of that response, Perk? I love it. It's it's a class act by LeBron. I wish it was my kids in the stands that would have got his <laughs> shoes. And then, listen, to me, it, I'm going to take it even further. It, it makes a statement because all the history that players have with the Utah Jazz fans and for Braun to do that yep. and give his shoes out to fans in Utah. Well, also, LeBron has had some beatings in his career in Utah. Yeah, he's he never, it. he's never, he's almost never left Utah with a has smile it, on his face. Has he not won in Utah in like eight or nine years? Um, he may have squeezed out a win, but Trust me, I've walked out of that arena a lot of nights with with LeBron where it's been rough. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I'm just talking about just think about just, you know, the Russell Westbrook situation and stuff like that. And for him to do that, it speaks volumes. It was a class act by LeBron. Can I ask you, why is it disrespectful to do it without shoes? Um, I believe the I'm inferring here now. I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. I believe the implication was that he had already sort of checked out that he wasn't going to come back in the game. I I will say this: they were down. They were. I will say this: he shouldn't be on the court while the game is being played. And he sometimes LeBron, especially when he's feeling himself a little bit. Uh, will sort of do whatever he wants over there. Like, you know, he brought wine to the bench and he played the flip cup. So I would say um, maybe not. This was more disrespectful, and this was disrespectful on purpose because of what yes. Phil Jackson had right. said prior to this game. So this yeah. was... Okay, F- fair enough. That's all fine. <laughs> okay. I don't go on the court during the game, but that's say he doesn't... It's, it, you know... How many guys I, go on the court during the game? I'm just saying... It, it, Rachel, there was a guy, there was a jazz to, to offensive player standing behind him. I, I just... <laughs> But, Brian, Brian, it's no no difference than guys when they put ice bags on their knees and be icing during the game. I mean, like, let's not make a beat. That's all fine. Coming up, Kristaps Porzingis played in his first set of back-to-back since coming back from ACL surgery. How badly does Dallas need him to get where they want to go? We will break that down first, though. Time for our distant replay from this date. 2000 featuring, oh, yes, it's our greatest living American, Allen Iverson. Hey, I. Here comes Snow. Ooh. With Iverson What's up. Jack going to do? Come here. Allen Iverson on Shaq. Just for those of you oh, that's, <laughs> who would like to know what Hall of Fame on Hall of Fame or what the result is, it's AI. That's work right there. He doesn't look tired. Hasn't come out of the game yet. Oh. Full of energy. And he's playing defense on It wasn't bad defense by Jerry Rowe. <laughs> it wasn't, but Allen was now rocking with the best. The Jump is presented by Marathon, fueling the American spirit. It's a make or mislead. It's a make or mislead. <laughs> I don't know, man. Make, miss. Uh, it's a make or mislead. Thank you, Kamba. Make aggression. Very good dunk last night in the association. We have Man, I wish I had. Oh, look at Dorian <laughs> so, who's your favorite? Ooh. Who you got first? I think AD was tightest because it was AD. three defenders. Yeah, and it was through traffic out of, out of the spin. spin. But the other, the others were great too. We're With not the putting handle. them down. With right. the handle and everything. Yeah, man, why God? This was in lit. traffic too. But yeah, it was, it was okay. Why God didn't bless me with athleticism? <laughs> Ooh, I good. think you did I okay. I think God bless you, for Kendrick. I'm just going to say, you look pretty blessed to me. <laughs> Take it from someone who's five foot four. Miss caution, Bucks Pistons, Bucks looking to get out and run. 
And watch Blake oh. accidentally. Yeah, that's not good. Again, was an accident. But I don't know if the ref should load manage the next game. Like, right? Man, like what about the concussion off? protocol for the officials? Right? How about Remember, that? we showed this the other day. Paul Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Rush. Eddie Rush. Punched him in the face. you got to get a T for that, oh, even if it wasn't. He did it, though. He was like, is it accident? Uh, oh, is it accident? Oh, oh. Yep, yep. Boozer oh. was complaining. That's a surprise. Oh. Yes, that's... <laughs> oh, man. Boom. I mean, look, right. we'll get back to Blake later in the show. He had a lot of aggressive moments in this game, but that was... That was I hope his nose are. That's a, that worth a bonus. Remarkable. Oh, sophomore Devontae Graham continues his stellar Ooh. sophomore season. Last night, he dropped 33 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, all 10. All 10 of his field goals were wow. threes. Mm. So... I think he would be the favorite for most improved, but I'm still sticking with Pascal Siakam. What do you think? Well, he is definitely a candidate. And I really wonder if Charlotte knew he was going to do this, whether they would have spent all that money on Terry Rozier. Absolutely they knew. He was the, he was this type of player in college. He was one of the best point guards in college. He was not this I, type of player. Yeah, Come on. Uh, Brian, I'm telling you, I, I, I watch I a lot of college, and this <laughs> guy been playing this way for a long time. By the way, we taking uh, Siakam out of the most improved. He, Why? Because he's he's up there now getting that into the be MVP, MVP conversation. That's a big improvement. Miss composure. Wolves down seven. Under 40 seconds left. Robert Covington gets the inbound. Uh, I, I don't I don't uh, know what he was. Uh, okay, okay, so this is uh, like they're going for they're going for a two for one here. Yeah, but you have to get a good twofer. You know, you can't be a bad twofer. It's got to you have to have two good shots. Yeah, and, and if you go, you don't, for, wanna, you don't want one bad shot, one get, good what, shot. Eight seconds on the co- well, on the yeah, track when you want. Yeah, well, I mean, well, and then if you're going for a two for one, kind of put it in your stars' hands. That. Well, that was he wasn't maybe the first option on the play. <laughs> Look, it didn't work out. It didn't work. <laughs> Just another night. Make size, Kings Blazer. All right, so Yogi's guarding Mello on a switch that does not go well for him. Do you feel bad, right, Burke? Commands lead, right? Feel bad for, for what? <laughs> He shouldn't be on him. Don't, don't switch down there. No, I don't feel bad at all. Melo did what he was supposed to do. You know what we call that, Rachel? We call that daddy ball. That's what I do to my sons in the driveway when they want to play me one on one. By the way, I other taller kings failed to get the second offensive rebound. Yes. I'd like to point out. Yes, and Melo stuck with it, but but yeah, I I felt bad for him again. <laughs> Whoa! Five foot four, the seven footer and, and the, yeah, less than six less footer. Than, How about than the that? Dwarf. Yeah, so it's a good thing I work for Disney because I can always sub in at the amusement park. And dwarf Snow White. Right, if this job ever doesn't work out. All right, the Dallas Mavericks have won nine of their last ten games, Ooh. including a win over Minnesota last night. Chris Epps Porzingis, this was notable, played in back-to-back for the first time since returning from that ACL injury. <laughs> he scored 19 points in the win. So, Perk, we've been giving him rope, obviously, because just like Paul George the first year after he came come out, when you stay away for more than a season yeah. with a major injury, we know that it's going to take you a while to work yourself back. But given the fact that they have... Significant playoff aspirations now. How badly do they need him? They need him bad. He's 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 key to their success. And listen, the, this whole Dallas team is surprising to me. I got to apologize to the mm. whole Dallas fan base because I, I I said that their team wasn't really good, but they have players there. These guys play hard. They have continuity. I actually like this Maverick team better than I like the Rockets. And uh, just because of the players that they have. Last night, Bronson come in. He made a huge impact. Powell has been playing off the chain. Seth Curry has been real great. So, hey, kudos to these Dallas Mavericks because they are a good team. And they will be a tough, 
uh, first-round matchup in the playoffs. Porzingis has got such a great setup for himself to thrive. He's getting paid like a number one. He's got a max salary. He doesn't have to be the number one. Mm-hmm. And everybody's giving him plenty of rope, as you said. If he is who we think he is, what the Mavericks did, there's no reason why he shouldn't thrive in this role. Maybe not tomorrow, but certainly over the course of the season. He's almost two years off the injury. It's not my need, but I know that there's a lot of guys who've come back from ACLs. This is the zone when you expect the guy to play well. There's, there's one sitting next to you, I believe, Six right? months. Six months. There you go. Really he had 20 months off. I want to play in game seven. You want to take different. 12 hours off. Different, exactly. Different body type. But, yeah, certainly as they get closer to that playoff time, you'd think that he'd be working himself back. We're going to talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo next, so stay with Ooh. us. He was a leader sure. in the recent MVP straw poll on ESPN.com. Yeah, is the award be. his to lose this season? There are some voices of dissent here, so stick with us. We'll discuss next on The Jump. Welcome back to The Jump, fueled by Marathon. This week on NBA Countdown, Woj dives into Melo's early Portland success. I talk to Jason Tatum about his breakout season. One, two, one, two, three. And Dame Lillard and Mark Spears kick it in their hometown of Oakland. Friday, 7 Eastern on NBA Countdown, presented by Mountain Dew. That Mark Spears story on Dame is really worth catching. It's out right now. Tomorrow, it's another star-studded doubleheader on ESPN and the app. Nuggets Celtics at 8 o'clock Eastern. And then the Lakers are in Portland to take on the Trailblazers. Coverage starts, as you just saw, with NBA Countdown at 7 o'clock Eastern. All right. We are at the quarter season mark, which means we can start talking awards. Award season officially opened. We started weeks ago. <laughs> I didn't like that we started weeks ago. Now okay. I'm comfortable. Right. Um, ESPN.com, Tim Bontemps conducted a very complex, very reason thought out straw poll of who he asked where and which city and all and of that. And he applied the correct uh, point value. Right. to depending, right, And there's 100 voters for the MVP and he asked 100 people. That sort of thing. So look, he also asked the extra one because they do the extra one fan vote. So he did all the, he did all the exact duplication of what it's like when you hold an MVP vote, and here's what he came up with. Reigning MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo, the overwhelming favorite among likely voters, with 803 total points, followed by LeBron and Luka. So, Brian, do you agree with this? Is the Gian- is the MVP this year Giannis is to lose? I voted in the straw poll. I voted for Giannis as the MVP in the straw poll. Uh, they are on pace for mid to high 60s in wins. There are some people out there, Mike Adams, our former colleague, has been batting the drum that he thinks they're going to win 70 this year. We'll see about that. Um, they're a top five offense, top, I think, uh, top 10 offense, top five defense. He's the pilot of both. He's putting up terrific numbers, averaging 13 rebounds a game, uh, averaging the highest assist of his career. I mean, I could go on and on. We often see people who have won MVPs before have fatigue from voters, and they have to compete with them past selves instead of their current peers. In the next year, That yeah. is not the case, I don't think, with Giannis. I think Giannis is still growing, and so, yes, I think Giannis is going to be a hard champ to knock out if he stays healthy in that role. Well, it, it'll be t- it'll be tough for somebody to take it from. Him. This guy gets better every year. He got better from last year, and I'm like, wow, he's shooting threes. I remember one game, he went to the free throw line, he had ball two free throws, he get the ball back, he drive back, goes right back to the free throw line like, yeah, 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 I'm ready. L- listen. We haven't – they smacking people night night in and night out. <laughs> These really are, are not just like wins. They're like going in and putting people, beating people by 20. I haven't seen a guy like this. He has that Kobe, KG, 
Michael Jordan mentality, that kill mentality, where it's like he don't bring it every game. Mm -hmm. He brings it every possession. Mm -hmm. And you don't see that like that. He brings it every single possessions possession on both ends of the basketball court. Look, and, and I heard a story that goes on right that's going on right now with the Bucks. And you know, he calls when they're at home, mm -hmm. he calls Kyle Corver and he bets Kyle Corver to come in and they and they do a three point shooting contest. Like that speaks volumes. Like this guy's won. What a great deal for Kyle Corver. Yeah. A guy with a hundred million dollar contract right. wants to bet him. <laughs> yeah. Kyle's yeah. like, this is fantastic. But, but, but guess what? what? So he figured, hey, if I can shoot with Kyle Corver, I'm gonna take these threes in the game, and this and this is turning out. For, it, I just don't see. I, I mean, right now, I love Kyle's LeBron come and other Luka, things but he's yeah. like golf, all kinds of stuff. I just don't see him. I said, I'm with everybody else. He he just he's on a whole nother level. Well, look, I can do my Daryl Morey impression for you, where he says, "But what about James Harden?" And then obviously, there's people who would back LeBron and Luca. Those were both guys mentioned in the poll. We'll get to Harden in a minute. Before we leave this game. I do want to show that Giannis, again, MVP form, 35 points and 9 rebounds in 28 minutes. But this small puzzle here with Blake Griffin, which started apparently because Blake did step over Giannis. Giannis and the Bucks taking some exception. Here's what Giannis had to say. At that point, I was, like, tired. Like, I was, like, they're going to do this all night. Uh, at first, I was, like, trying to, like, talk back, you know, uh, try to let them know I'm, like, you know, this is more than basketball. Like, we can stop playing basketball. We can fight. No, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, my teammates won me in the game. My teammates uh, want me to, you know, keep my head in the game. And I was like, whatever. You know, at this point, whatever. Kendrick, what's your take? I love it. They riding together. Hey. No reaction or anything? No yeah. reaction. Hey, listen. If you don't have the Bucks jerseys on, we, we were taking up our best player. And that shows continuity. I'm 0% surprised Mr. Perkins said that. This is how this guy plays. I'm just saying, they showing continuity. That means, that means that they, they, they love one another. This, this shows me that they enjoy playing with each other, that they have great relationships off the court. I love it. Hey, I'm all with it. So I they play, it. you know, they played in the playoffs last year, yeah. which even though it was one-sided, creates some of this kind of stuff. Um, the other thing is, uh, Middleton, if you read his lips there, he said this is the second time. So I don't right. know what he was referring to earlier in the game that I didn't see it or if it was another time. So Middleton, I like that Middleton came and had his back. But post-game, Giannis basically says that he was thinking about asking him to step outside. And then right. two, later on in that conversation, he called him dirty. So... Let's keep an eye on these two teams going forward. Well, first when I saw this, like, Giannis kind of falls a little bit on his foot. So, Blake, I was I was sort of trying to give Blake the benefit of the doubt of did he step over him kind of as a sign of disrespect or was he just kind of trying to disentangle his foot and step forward? But I was reminded we've seen this from other guys stepping over Giannis before, right? Mario Hazonia stepped over him. Um, I think I'm trying to move here, right? We've got... Yeah, that was a that was Hizonia's greatest moment of his career, right there. But <laughs> <laughs> not, not afraid to embarrass me. At least right. tried I mean, none of it is as good as the OG step over, right? Which you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, oh, I thought you meant OG Ananobi. I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> no, no, no. The real OG step. How over. many references to uh, uh, AI are we going to have in this show? Um, more than this one because I've got another one later coming up in the show as well. This show would just That's be called right, Alan Iverson. That's right. This show would be called Alan Iverson the Jump if they let me, but they will not. All right. I said we were going to mention James Harden. Let's get to James Harden continuing to score at a historic pace. Not everyone appreciates Harden's game, especially uh, a little fan in San Antonio. Had an exchange with Harden on Sunday. 
and uh, Harden taking a little exception to that. Now, Fred VanVleet said of the Raptor of the Raptors said after that Harden's game, he said, "quote I haven't met a basketball player that doesn't appreciate Harden." Kendrick is VanVleet right? Does every basketball player appreciate James Harden? Well, well, obviously, and listen, I love Fred VanVleet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, me and him haven't had this uh, conversation. <laughs> Because I'm I'm not hating on James. Yes, he's doing what he's doing. He's scoring, but it's it's not fun. It's not fun to watch. It's 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 horrible basketball. We're watching a guy play. You know, take twenty dribbles and forty shots and all this, and it's just bad basketball. And I'm not hating. It's just the right thing. Right now, it's is I, I, it's better for me to watch guys like Giannis. Guys like LeBron, AD, like I, I, I'm just, you know, these step backs and these 23 free throws attempts. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see. Yeah, Mooka parse the language here about. What it's the fun word. to watch Fred Van Fleet though. Mooka <laughs> <laughs> parse the language here about the, what the word appreciate means. Right. Um, the interesting thing is, I hear from players sometimes talk about how media and commentators have certain, you know, Biases. favorite things, yeah. and they don't like certain things, or they like certain things. It's one of the biggest complaints players have. I have noticed this with players, and I think that amongst players, actually, which is why this is so interesting to say this, so many players that I've talked to have brought this up, especially in reference to the MVP stuff. Um, players, actually, I think, out of anything I've heard in the last two years, more than anything, is how they are turned off by the way James Harden plays. So I would say what's so interesting about about Fred saying this, I don't know if he's, I wasn't there for the conversation, so I don't know if he's trying to say something without saying it, but this is exactly the opposite of what what you've heard from different people. Again, I could give you Daryl Morey on line one, and certainly (laughs) the Rockets fans are never shy about repping for their guy. So I'm sure they will be there to back up Fred Van Vliet. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about the Timberwolves because they dropped to 500 last night. We will update Uh-oh. Kendrick Perkins' T-Wolves temperature. You do not want to miss it. First, though, Where's in honor box of fan? V-Week. <laughs> I want to give you guys a little uh, – we had Stuart Scott Day yesterday. We got a bonus distant replay from 1997. Stuart Scott reading the flu game highlight on SportsCenter. Take a listen. Maybe it was takeout food. The Bulls' Park City dwelling in Utah – does not have room service, but at 5:10 Utah time, Michael got to the arena. A touch of the flu after sleeping all day. No doubt, though, the four-time Finals MVP would start. As for his teammates, well, how about a wake-up call? Steve Kerr, it's Tony Kukoc in the back with the pass. One of eight bull turnovers. Howard Eisen swiping it to Chris Morris. Give him the hoop, the harm. Give him 11 points. Jazz up 14. Phil Jackson needs a hug. Scotty tried to pick up the slack. An ill face you on the mailman. Must be jelly because jam don't shake like that. Scotty, 17 points, 10 boards, but with MJ on the bench, pulls down 13 after one. In the second, Michael blowing up. Ron Harper the steal to Jordan who tells Hornacek, peace. Mike had 17 in the second quarter. Then vintage Jordan, the misdemeanor steal, one of three steals he had. Sick dribbling behind his back to Pippen. Pippen, no, Michael. Oh, yeah. Michael in the third quarter, an ice pack, only five total points in the three third quarters in Utah. But in the fourth, Jazz up three, Jordan, Trey, money. He came in shooting only 17% from three land in the playoffs. Game tied at 77. After the whistle, Jordan on the bench looking absolutely ill, and I'm not talking ill isn't good. Minutes later, though, Jordan tells Russell, hey, yo, it's Michael, not Michelle. Michael trying to hit the second free throw, does not. But Jordan sick and everything fights for the rebound. Out to Pippen. Pip to Mike. Michael, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your threes just hypnotize me. Despite being sick and not being able to walk, Mike had 38 points. No on the three. Stockton with the ball. Scotty, very intelligent foul. 
Stockton shooting 85% from the free throw line in the playoffs. Misses it, misses the first effectively ending the game. Michael could barely put his arms up in the air. Unbelievable game by Michael Jordan. Now through December 12th, you can bid on shoes from Joel Embiid, Paul George, Damian Lillard, and so many more athletes, coaches, and celebrities. Bid now at ebay.com slash vweek. All proceeds benefit the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Our producer, Nate Bronson, is involved in this Kicks to Beat Cancer. There are some so many cool shoes available. Go check it out. All right, NBA coaches. They have not been happy with the league's challenge system. On a nightly basis, we see veteran coaches baffled. <laughs> By these rules, the league has said they're pleased with how it's been implemented. Brian, you and Tim Bontemps have a story up on ESPN.com and the app about this. Give us the latest. <laughs> yes, we talked to 15 coaches, and basically there was a lot of complaining about it. Two things I'm that, shocked, by the way. I know. Two things that got complained about a lot. Number one, they're confused by it. It's complicated. What can be reviewed, what can't, what constitutes a win, what constitutes a loss, how fast you have to do it. Which but no one's asking what a catch is. So in that way, we're that's ahead true. of some other situations. The other thing is they say that it takes so long. Right. You know? Now, the league says that 45% of these are getting overturned. So, like I saw LeBron the other night was saying that these are never get overturned. They're actually getting overturned 45% of the time. And a lot of them are happening in the fourth quarter. Half of them are happening in the fourth quarter. And the thing about it is, like, remember the L2M reports where everybody's complaining, well, I'm glad you told us you made a mistake, but you didn't, you can't, can't fix it. it yeah. This is a case where they can fix it. And the league pushes back on the coaches saying about the length because they say when the coaches have talked to them, they were like, can we have a second challenge if we win our first? Right. Well, so here's what I think. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think there will be modifications after this year. Do I think it's going well? No, but I think it's going okay, and the league says okay is okay. For I mean, right it's now. new. The fact if the complaint is we don't understand it fully, that's just time, right? Isn't that just time? I think it's more it? about the strategy, like you know, because it doesn't guarantee you possession because you may have to win a jump ball and things right. like that. And like, do you cha- you know do you challenge in the second quarter? Do you wait till the fourth? Stuff like that. Uh, the way I see it is that you're challenging the ref. So basically, you're saying. You're making the ref put his pride aside and overturn the mistake that he made. And if I'm a referee, majority of the time, I'm not overturning. 55% they're saying, but that's not a no, big majority. But but what I'm saying is is that that's what a coach's challenge is. I'm challenging you at your job, basically, right? So if I'm a referee, I feel some type of way already going to the review because I feel like I made the right call. Right. So I'm just like, enough is enough. You know, at the end of the day, the ref's still going to make the call. Like, I'm, I, I, I seen But they're not, Perk, because 45% of the time they are saying. Yeah, like, but his point is that it upsets the officials so much. Do you think maybe there's like a makeup there's call a, that gets. A lasting things, what you're saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you asking the ref to, like, you know, if I'm a referee and I call a call, I'm standing by my call. Right. And you're a coach and you want to overturn me? No, I no. It, it I see it. what you're saying. That's a good point. <laughs> I hadn't considered that, to be honest. We'll see. I I liked this idea coming in. I still like it. I do think it needs some kinks to work out. But why not be better, especially if – and, you know, one of those kinks, you know, we've talked about this. I'd like these coaches' challenge to be in the last five minutes of the game. So, because actually things happen after a bad call sometimes. So, let's let's do it at the end of the game. I've heard. And that way, um, you know, we can get the end of games right, especially important games. All right, the Timberwolves lost again last night. Mm. They had a hot start, but they've lost six of their last nine. They are oh. now sitting at 10 and 10 on the season. <laughs> and we have Kendrick Perkins in studio, so it is time to check on Kendrick's T-Wolves. Temperature, roll it. Call Anthony Towns. Guess what? I'm sleeping. 
and I'm sleeping with the AC on 60 and the box fan blowing in my face. Because guess what? I don't believe you. Anthony Towns said, don't sleep on the wolves. Kendrick said he was, in fact, sleeping, and he started the season with the temperature on 60. He was so cozy in his bed. But you've been as high as 75 degrees on this team when they were having that surge. What is your thermostat currently set at? I'm turning back down to 68 degrees. Kendrick. Uh, I am, because now they're starting to play They're starting to play harder teams. Now there's more competition. Listen, Dallas, last night, for example, Dallas was coming off a of back-to-back, right? Dallas looked a little tired. The Timberwolves jumped out on them early. They were up 12 in the third quarter to start the half. They supposed to put them away. To me, it was no way possible Dallas was supposed to find the energy to win that game. It's no difference than when you took the Miami Heat playing the Toronto Raptors. They beat them, flew to Boston, and guess what Boston did? Boston said, we've been sitting here waiting on you, and we're going to punish you. Right. So that's what the Minnesota Timberwolves should have done. Now, in all due respect, Carl Anthony Towns is probably the most skilled big man in this league today. I will give you that, Cats. Okay? I spent some time with the Wolves recently. Um, they're really working very hard to modernize their team. I will say that the most important thing for these guys going forward is that they get more out of Cat and Wiggins. And early in the season, Wiggins... How much more are you getting out of Cat? Right. Well, and that's happened. Cat's <laughs> better this year. He's playing great. I got Wiggins, the first couple of weeks of the season, his efficiency went way up. Right. They were winning. Wiggins has kind of come back a little bit to the pack. And so that's been a factor. A little, bit, a, a little bit? Well, he, he last night he shot the ball very poorly. So like th- for this team to be successful, they really need those two strong guys to, to play you know, the highest level. Look, I'll keep saying it. It's not that as this Carl Anthony Towns goes, this team goes. Because Carl Anthony Towns has played at a very high level for a while. Yes, and yes. Except with one exception, they but haven't gotten he's shooting the, the ball playoffs. from three more. His game is different this year. My and it point is, is that he can't do it by himself. He can be great. And unless other components around the team rise up with him, they're not going to get to play. Well, there's one component really specific that they need to rise place. up. Who is that? Wiggins. When Wiggins plays well, it makes a huge difference. That was, that was that, a rhetorical that, question. That, that, and that's a, that's, a, that, that's a key word, when. We don't know when he's going to play well. Well, again, the initial comment from Carl Anthony <laughs> Towns was about being a playoff team. He said, don't sleep on us. Kendrick, we will continue to monitor. Okay, to it's on 68 right you now. You are sleeping as we go. It's on 68. All right. I want to move on to developments in a civil lawsuit filed against Luke Walton. Kelly Tennant, who alleged in April that the Kings coach sexually assaulted her back in 2014, is dropping her lawsuit, according to court documents. Tennant, a former host on the Lakers Regional Sports Network, alleged that Walton assaulted her in a hotel room when Walton was an assistant with the Warriors. Walton said in a court briefing in July that the allegations not backed up by facts. The Kings and the NBA announced in August they considered the matter closed after their own investigation didn't find enough evidence for anything. And tenants filing request that the lawsuit actually be dismissed with prejudice, meaning that she cannot file again on this issue. And there was no indication of any kind of settlement between the parties. In a statement on Thursday, Walton said, quote, I remain 100 percent focused on coaching the Kings. And he said he will have no further comment. All right, up next, the NBA world is waiting on Zion Williamson. The Pelicans being cautious with their number one pick. Will that cost him a shot at Rookie of the Year? We will break down the numbers. First, though, time for our second distant replay of the day. Meta World Peace on this date in 2008. Though is going to be Ron Artest to me. Somebody ought to be open. <laughs> How about the- Ooh. Oh, boy. 
no reaction from Ron Ron. This is what I did. The strong. Ron is just trying to defend. He's just a grown, strong man. Big grown. He is a All right, let's talk about Zion Williamson, because we know he's been out since preseason. He underwent surgery on his knee back in October. Widely considered, guys, to be the favorite for Rookie of the Year. Now, the Pelicans initially, when they put out the timetable, it counted out to him being back in the next couple weeks. Alvin Gentry said earlier this week, just everybody warn you, we are being overly cautious with his return. Do you think this timetable is going to impact Zion winning Rookie of the Year? Yes, I do. I think him sitting out. Because there's so many talented rookies that's that's doing a great job. Like right now, I can name a list of guys that's in the runners for rookie of the year. So he would have to put up some great numbers and a lot of catching up to do. Secondly, don't rush him back. You know, protect your investment. Make sure he's healthy. Do like the Clippers did with Paul George. You know, Paul George was probably ready to come back, but they waited a couple weeks and then let him come back. And look how it's turning out for him. Um, You know, you got to protect your investment. Uh, rookie of the year is cool, but making all-star games down the line is even better. Mm. Disagree with respect. Number one, I voted for Joel Embiid for rookie of the year when he played 31 games. You waffled on, but I'm glad you finally came but through I on did. that. It's on the record. <laughs> Two, you know, John Morant's out too. Yeah. You know, and um, if Zion comes back and is spectacular, then he can still win it. I mean, it doesn't mean it should be, they shouldn't be chasing it. You're right. It's not something you should be right. chasing. But, no, I don't think it's over at all. Here's here's the Patrick Ewing won with the least number of games, and he was at 50. This is my thing about Joel Embiid the year he didn't win, and I voted for him. Would you rather have had – this is what it comes down to. Would you rather have had Joel Embiid for 31 games versus who won that year, Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon, for the games that he, that he played? And, and that's the only question. Because I had people be like, oh, what about the slippery slope? What if he only plays one game? Should he be rookie of the year yes, if he only yes. plays one or two games? <laughs> right. If you yeah. only get him for one night, Night out of 82, no, I would rather have the other guy. But in that year, I would rather have had Joel Embiid 31 times, with all due respect to Malcolm Brogdon, than Malcolm Brogdon that year. If Zion Williamson comes back and plays great, no matter how many games he plays, if you would rather have him for those games than any other rookie, you vote for him. That is how we should determine it. All right, our league pass game of the night, Suns versus Pelicans, 8 o'clock Easter. Now, this question got some of our production staff pretty heated this morning. Production staff is also known as our researcher, Michael Schwartz. Heated. Brian, who is better this season, Devin Booker or Brandon Ingram? Well, Devin Booker's team is doing better. That's not a question. I have to say Devin Booker, but Brandon Ingram is having a spectacular shooting improvement. Shooting 41% on threes, his free throw shooting is raised 20 percentage points, which you just don't see in the NBA. I'm very impressed with Ingram, but you have to, you know, we've been pushing Booker down because his team has not been winning. And I right. realize they're still under 500, but in the West, I've been impressed. That's good. I gotta disagree. Listen, I had, I had Devin Booker early in my MVP race in my top five when the season started. But Brandon Ingram, I can't, I cannot name 15 guys that's better than Brandon, that's playing better than Brandon Ingram. He does more than, he, he does more than Devin Booker. He brings more to the court. He blocks shots, he rebounds, and he scores. He's going to have to see producer Schwartz after this game. We'll see you guys later. Alan Iverson, congratulations on that high school court.